0: This is a Rooster Teeth production. So this is episode 12. This is our first one back with Gus. This is 11. Um, this my 11th episode. <sighs> the future, here, The last time we 10, talked... actually. The other ones are non-canonical. Last time we talked, it was just myself and Jeff. Yeah, that one doesn't, I'm that one do, that one doesn't the, count. I'm
1: not getting into numbering.
0: You're... you're <laughs> You don't. You don't number your
2: audio recordings. This, I mean, <laughs> yeah,
0: right. <laughs> Fart dot wav. Thanks, man.
2: Go. So we're on at Genuine Joe's Coffee. Good morning, Gus. On, uh, there it is. So we're at Genuine Joe's Coffee. I gave you pause this time, even. We're at Genuine Joe's Coffee on
1: Anderson. I've never been here before. Do you come here often? I've been here ever, once. Do you ever come here? I've been here only once, but I will say I I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's okay. very, like, 90s college coffee shop, which is what I'm, I'm into. I thought that's what you didn't like about Flight Path. No, uh, the thing I don't like about Flight Path... And uh, Binu, for that matter, is that everybody is studying and they appear very like busy. Like a college coffee and shop. Yeah, but I'm, I'm like a college coffee shop where people fuck off and talk about like Sartre and wear berets and, and are, are so like, you like trying pr- to pick up chicks. You like and the dudes. pretension of a coffee shop without the actual. I like the coffee uh, shop studious uh, nature. There's two different kinds of coffee shops you go to: one where nerdy people go to learn, and one where other people go to socialize. I so, like that. So putting on
2: a beret shop. and talking about Sartre is not nerdy. Is that what you're saying? No, that's a different kind of nerdy.
1: No, wait, nerdy. you're all over the place. Right. You don't make any sense. No, you know what I mean. If You, no. you can't say anything of Flight Path. It's people like, shh. It was it's quiet like a in library. There. It was like no, a library in there. fine in there. People are having their morning conversations. Eric, the
0: guy, was, was it-, I, it was quiet. There was a guy with colored pencils, but I will say it was very relaxed. The guy yeah. who served us the coffee was like, what the fuck's up, man? It was that's like true. that kind of stuff. The, so It's a much know. chiller vibe yeah, than big, you go to
1: Binu be- or Flight Path. I, I agree with that. All right. Yeah. It felt the same to me. You like the B New Flypath vibe because you, if you could live in a library, you would because you like utter silence. You yeah. don't want people communicating in or around or. To I, don't, you. I don't want
0: people communicating to me. That's it the big one. It was such a long pause where he went, "Am I pushing back on this?"
2: Or am I had <laughs> to think about it? it. Yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll let it slide. I'll let it be. So we—I uh, don't know if we've actually done any episodes in this part of town. I know we recorded a, like a testing forever go at the. Um, the well, anti-abortion place down the road. Summer, summer road. Moon, Summer Moon. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think we've uh, we've actually been up here. We're on Anderson. We're not too far from the Alamo Village, true, which is down the road from here. Which uh, have we talked about the Alamo Village on this podcast before?
1: I don't. I don't. Mm. I feel like we might have covered back the days when we were doing RVB showings. Oh, uh, maybe. I think maybe we did that with, was, between Alamo,
2: and downtown, and, and Village. Yeah, it was the, the second Alamo ever. The first one, of course, was downtown, which is not there anymore. So I guess now it's the oldest Alamo that's still in operation. And I still remember, like, when the announcement, when they announced that they were going to open up this second location, I don't know if you remember this, but they would play these bumpers at the Al- old Alamo downtown, where it was like Draft House Henry was getting up on a ladder, and he, he, remember the old sign for the village? And he, like, put up the letters that said Alamo on the marquee out here because it was just the village theater. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was like, oh, this is the second uh, location. They're going to have it up there at the Alamo village. And it's weird to think, like, in those early days, like, thinking about the Alamo specifically. It made me think about Draft House Henry. Like, to think about, like, the, the faces that the Alamo had. Yeah. And, like, the personalities that they had controlling, or not controlling, but as, like, their marketing. Driving and, that. Yeah, yeah, driving a lot of the, the messaging for the Alamo. And you don't since they've grown so much obviously you can't scale that like a lot of that's gone like maybe think about henry and how you know
1: we used to hang out there was like a window in time where we would hang out with him he went to my he went to my wedding yeah you know i saw him at a christmas party three years ago like right before pandemic and it was incredibly awkward in couldn't he couldn't I couldn't have gotten the impression that he wanted to talk to me less. <laughs> it was really weird. Really? Yeah. Love the guy. Loved him, but it was just—it was just like two people that kind of knew each other a long time ago reconnecting, and it huh. just was awkward. Weird. Sometimes, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Right, right. You know. Right. That's that's really could've been me that night too. Who knows? I was—I always
2: assume it's me personally. Yeah. But yeah, it's a—it's uh, it, just a, a trip to think back like that. Really the, funny, dude. That. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You remember? Uh, I think the first time we played. Halo 2, like the official launch release copy of Halo 2, was at his house. Yeah, he had a he got a copy of it like a day or two before the street date, because they were doing something at the Alamo with it, and it was like a big deal. We went over to his house and hung out. Uh, I don't remember where it was, somewhere over on the East Side. I do know where it is actually. Yeah, I'll
1: tell you. I'll tell you off.
2: Camera. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to it right now. <laughs> and we went. <laughs> he it, didn't live there anymore, but yeah. It, it was part of like it, I remember it was part of that whole like I love bees stuff. Yeah. Uh, they were doing like a lot of promotion for it back then yeah it's, it's just
1: it's just weird all those memories thinking about you know it's uh, that funny time. it's funny to me because I remember when the the village uh, Alamo opened up and I, first off it felt like it was on the other end of the world yeah it was we so, lived well, we said this yeah we're forever. South Austin yeah. we were living in Riverside and shit and Austin was so much smaller back then in terms of just how far you'd be willing to travel but now and and it was also Purely by my bias, I think, but it felt like a lesser version of the Alamo to me. Like, I was never crazy about that one. Now it's my favorite Alamo because it's the only one that still feels like the Alamo. I mean, they all do, but it has, like, it still feels like you're walking into the original Alamos when you go to the village. In in a way, you don't get the other ones.
0: It's definitely my favorite one to go to. It just, it feels like they show the most... Other places will show stuff. This one feels like it shows the most off the wall stuff. Mm. And I like the seating. Yeah. Feels like an old theater where it's not like the big scoop like theater, huge seating. It's just like, buy a ticket, sit on the floor. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the seating definitely still has the vibe. I mean you're not sitting in cracked leather black sofas in the back like the like the very first Alamo, but it's still it still had it kinda has the same setup. And I kind of feel that way about this part of town. Like I never really wanted to come this far north because everything that we did was South, and there was no reason to. And now, uh, I've talked about this with Gus personally because I live a little further north than I used to, further north than I ever have in Austin. This is the part of Austin that still feels like old Austin to me. Well, Crestview, th- Brentwood, Anderson, North Loop, like this little corridor is has the most like. The Austin that I fell in love with in 1994, that flavor. This
2: this area that we're in is between two other areas we've mentioned. And you mentioned it right now, like that North Loop area and also like parts of Burnett. But Burnett's yeah. really changing a lot. Like this is between that. It like connects all those other parts of town. There's like a, a ribbon uh, that runs through Austin of that. Yep. But I, I, I want to, if you don't mind, I want to step back for a second. Sure, please. Thinking about the Alamo Village and when they opened it, I remember when they announced that they were opening the second location, being puzzled. Like, why the fuck do they need another location? Yeah. Like, what's, what's the point of it? <laughs> not realizing how much better it could be, yeah. Because back then the original Alamo was just that one screen in a flat. <laughs> the room was totally flat, and it was it was not an ideal experience at all. Like here, they actually have multiple sc- at the village. They have multiple screens. Um, they could sh- also show newer movies in addition to just mm-hmm. you know specific. Old programming, like they really did at the the draft house
1: downtown. And I was just puzzled, like why the why the hell would they open another location? I was just there yesterday, or yeah, two days ago. Love it. Saw Top Gun finally. By
0: the way, I didn't know that you're from Fighter Town, USA. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know? Like, I've never that, heard that before. There's so much of that movie where I'm like, oh the beat, oh that's it, oh cool. All right, great. It's all on like the Navy base. It's yeah. great. Yeah. It's a. Uh, Beautiful San Diego, California. You play a lot of beach volleyball? Not a lot. What about beach football? No, but that's usually what you do when you go to the beach. But there's a lot less. I mean, relaxing. if you're water
1: adjacent. Yeah,
0: that's true. That's You don't have to get in the water to play beach football. But you throw it around and you get tackled. And then you and your friends just like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Get <laughs> off of me. Uh-oh. Don't kiss me twice. like. <laughs> Gus has a novel pulled up on an iPad. What uh, was that? It's it, just, it, it's just reference.
2: It's, no, 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 no. It's like for other stuff that we're potentially going to talk about uh, down the road.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I started, so I've, since we've been doing Anima for a few weeks now. Whenever I drive. Some ar- of us, all the episodes. When when I, when not, not uh, those are non-canonical. Whenever I'm driving around town, like I'll see stuff that'll uh, remind me of something. And I'll like think about it until I park like or I get home. and I like, have to make a note of it on my phone, like something to potentially talk about. For example, the other day I was driving down Lamar, like, close to over there by 6th and Lamar, and passed by uh, what used to be uh, G&M Steakhouse. Oh, uh, G&M. It's empty now. It's, like, it's got a for-lease sign on it. What was it? It was, like, Counter Culture? What, what no, was it was Counter it? Cafe. It counter was g
1: Steakhouse. Then it became Counter Cafe. And then they eventually opened a second location, third, and a third, and I think they closed that one. Because mm. there's one at, like, Guadalupe and then one on East 6th. But
2: the, the interesting thing, the reason I wrote it down to talk about it, uh, specifically in the G&M Steakhouse era was there was a period of time where even though it was the G&M Steakhouse the sign outside said G&M Steakhouse it was two restaurants yeah during the day it was GM Steakhouse
1: and you'd go in and whatever like it was an iconic place it was a the, the it's greasiest of greasy spoons eric like a yeah. lunch counter it had three tables inside and a lunch counter very small and uh, you know at the end of dinner service at the end of the night it would close down
2: and then at midnight it would reopen and it was a place called Rito sliders and it was just like this dude name was Rito, and he'd sit there and he'd, All he did was make sliders. You would go in, you'd order like six sliders or whatever. You sit there and eat them, and it was fucking delicious. He would only it was only open from like midnight to five a.m. or something.
0: Yeah, and that didn't. I feel like that window was pretty short too. It was like a year or two, maybe. Yeah. Where was this? Were there like bars around it and stuff? Like, why would you Ooh, have it's a- like Sixth and Lamar, kind of but next to where Waterloo Records is? You would,
1: uh, you. it's right next to 24 Hour Diner if you know where that is. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Across from like Book People. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, um, but
0: like that's not like a super bar no, heavy. So no. Why are you... Especially
2: not back then. No, not back, back so then for sure. West 6 was not built out like how it is now. So
0: why did he have a midnight restaurant?
2: Well, I wonder why it didn't last. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, what happened was uh, I, I believe the people who ran G&M Steakhouse saw how successful he was. Then they didn't renew his lease. Then they started opening at midnight to try to sell sliders, and no one ever went back. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: That's interesting. Damn.
2: So, yeah, it was like one of those, one of those restaurants that was lost to, lost to time. I only found out about Rito's from Jason. I don't know how Jason found Jason always had, like, Jason his finger
1: on the pulse of Austin. Jason was so much cooler than us. Yeah. In terms of, like, knowing shit. We should get him on we pretty soon because he knows so much more about Austin awesome okay. than we do. Okay, someone
0: has to text him. I don't have his number, or and I've never met him. So. You've never met Jason? <laughs> no. When would I have met Jason? I don't know, at a Comic-Con or something, maybe. Yeah. Uh-uh. I don't think so. Huh. So someone's got to text him and be like, hey, come on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. I'll text him. I had breakfast with him not too long ago.
0: Okay. I think he would be a great first guest. I think I think getting him and I, finding I a agree. spot, I think that would be a lot of
1: fun. Yeah. Uh. He,
2: it was funny. Whenever... Like places like Rito's, you know, Jason would would clue you into. Also, if you were looking for a place to live or a car, he would help you find it, dude. He, I, and I, like that, I, like I know that sounds weird, but Jason could find stuff in
1: Austin. Like he, yeah, it, he knew it. That's no that's no joke. The house that I lived in for eleven years, uh, where Millie was born up until I got divorced, he found that house. I did it. Forgot about that until just now. Yeah. Like he texted it to me, and I I was like I sent it immediately to my my real estate agent, because I was looking, and I bought the house the day he sent me. I put an offer in the house the day he sent me the listing. But that reminds me also, I don't know if you
2: remember this, you never had to deal with this person, but there was this apartment locator in Austin who I, I used a couple of times back before I bought a house, and he was one of the strangest people I've ever met, but he had this uncanny ability, just like in talking to you, in getting to know you, to figure out exactly what you wanted and where you wanted to live. Like you would get you would get in his car and his car was like what? Listen, you would you would get in his car. Trust me, this whole story is wild. His his car looked like a hoarder lived in it. There were like papers all over everywhere in the car, like real estate contracts, yeah. like leases and like everywhere. It was like a file cabinet exploded in his car. And he was you would start driving around Austin and he would just start talking to you. And you would, you know, ask you typical questions, like, where do you want to live? How big of a place do you want? But also, like, how long have you lived in Austin? What kind of car do you drive? Just, like, all this stuff. You'd drive around in his car for an hour, aimlessly. And like, and I remember he would, like, be looking at people. And, you know, you would stop at a red light. And there'd be, like, a, like a homeless dude holding up a sign. And he'd be like, that guy's sign changed. It was different earlier. And he'd be like, then hm. you he would read it out loud and be like, okay. And then you'd drive around for an hour. Then he'd be like, I know the perfect place for you. And he'd drive straight to it. And he'd be like. This place is awesome. This is exactly what I wanted. It's the price I want. It's the location I want. It's everything I want. And it'd be like, one place and done. You'd have to drive around talking to the dude for an hour, but then after an hour, you'd be like, this place is amazing. I absolutely want to live here. And I remember... How many of your apartments did you find through that guy? uh, Two. But I remember I also referred uh, Monty to him uh, when Monty first moved to Austin. You know, Monty was was very much like, let's just get this over with, like, no-nonsense kind of guy. And uh, I was like, listen, you got to drive around with this guy for an hour, but he's going to find the perfect place for you. And I, re- I can't imagine Monty giving anybody an
1: hour like so that.
2: That's, that's why I set it up. I was like, you got, you got to have to, you're going to have to go through this process. And then like the next day, Monty came into work and was like, you were right. I just drove around with the guy for an hour. He's like, I felt like it was a waste of time.
1: And then he took me to like the perfect place. He's like, I signed a lease that day on the spot. I will say, I, I know the place <laughs> Monty lived. When he first moved to Austin and it was perfect for him. Yeah, it, I mean like hundred percent. I can see it in my head right now. I know exactly where it is. Yeah. It's absolutely perfect for him. It, it was it
2: was he had this supernatural ability to help you find exact even if you didn't know what you were looking for, just in talking to you, whatever passive conversation. I remember like I said, I found two different places with him. The first I found the first one, then like was three he, three years later. Your, so- the, the, your south place
1: and your north place? No, no, the
2: first one was the place off of Enfield. Okay. Oh like, okay. The okay. second one was the house that I rented off of Lake Austin. And I remember, like, I lived in that apartment on Enfield for, like, three years. And then I called him again for the new place. And he still remembered me. Like, he picked me up. He's like, oh, you still have that blue truck? How, you know, how are your pets? You know, like, like, didn't miss a beat yeah, like everything he remembered everything like three years later after our one hour conversation. Yeah. And then so the second time we wanted to drive around for like fifteen minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Okay, here, now I know the perfect place for you. He, he took me to the house, like, Oh great, love it. That's a dude who knows Austin better than I ever will. Yeah. I'm yeah. jealous of that guy.
2: Uh, he I, I, I still see him occasionally. Like I was driving down the street randomly a couple of years ago and I was like he was out in front of a house watering yards, like, oh shit, he must live there. <laughs> Uh, He's actually not too far in that direction, right over here. Um, that uh,
0: you just told the most Austin, Texas story <laughs> I've ever fucking heard. Like, I think that's what people move here hoping is going to happen to them. Yeah, I just drove around in a guy's car for an hour, and he went the perfect place yeah, to and, live.
2: And it's not like it was a nice car. It was like, I mean, it was like a mid '90s Camry, like nothing fancy. Like, I mean, not not like it was a like a shitty car or anything. Just like. It was a very forgettable, very plain car just filled with tons of real estate paperwork.
1: (laughs) That is definitely the kind of city that I moved to that I fell in love with that Austin is not anymore. Yeah. For sure. Well, now it's all... It's weird to me because I feel like
2: if every apartment complex that's being built is a luxury apartment, Uh what does that mean anymore? Like, what's not a luxury apartment at this this point? Is it, like, a place that isn't new? It's either luxury or efficiency. That's the only two options. Yeah, like, every, every apartment complex gets built and they put a stupid name on it and it has luxury apartments who gives a fuck
1: man it's crazy to me we talk about how many people are moving here uh and how much it's changing and growing which you know this is not a uh austin used to be better podcast no no not at all we don't we we are not cynical in any way whatsoever i love austin today just as much as i loved it the day i moved here maybe even more just differently but um i'm continually surprised because i'll walk into my kid's room and she'll be watching youtube she's 16 almost 17 or TikTok, and she'll every time she'll be like oh look at this dude. He's hilarious He's my, my new favorite TikToker and I'll be like is that in Guadalupe and she's like oh yeah He lives in Austin, and I'm like how many followers does this TikToker have and she's like oh like 50 million I like, never heard of him she's like, and he, she's like yeah He moved to Austin three months ago and they'll have a whole crew and they'll have like and I'll be I'll watch a YouTube video and they'll have like Rooster Teeth style productions going on yeah. with like full like full crews and stuff and they'll just be like I don't know in Hyde Park and mm-hmm. it's so weird how pervasive the new media world is is just hitting Austin right now. And how that was us 20 years ago and now we're the fucking dinosaurs. Dude,
2: we are, we are absolutely dinosaurs. But we talked about it even back then. You know, we never, at the time, you know, uh, we never we didn't understand why people felt that magnetism and that pull to go to like LA to get shit right. done. And I, I mean, I guess I kind of understand it now. You know, there's a lot more infrastructure, there's a lot more built out for that. But it's like, you can live, at the time, you could live cheaper.
1: You could live for three hundred bucks a month in Austin. Yeah, back much, in Yeah, much you know,
2: he, being here in Austin versus being out there, which is why we just stayed here, you know, um, and just kept making our stuff here as opposed to moving out somewhere. And you know, granted, out there you make a, it's a lot
1: easier to make connections. And well, we deal with we other also people. like have we talked much about like our draw, like the why, the why's of why we fell in love with Austin, why we were drawn to it. Like I, I don't know, for me, it was all film related, right? Like Robert Rodriguez was here. Yeah. Wes Anderson was here. Like, I was a huge bottle rocket fan uh, when I was in the Army, and that made me want to move here. Uh, Richard Linklater, you know, I I saw Slacker, and that's why I wanted to live in Austin because I wanted to live where people, (laughs) I wanted to live around people who drove around in cabs and talked like that all day long (laughs) because that was not going on in Alabama. Yeah. Um, But there was this, like, huge entrepreneurial, like, film scene and entertainment scene in Austin back in the 90s that I think it kind of gets forgotten about, but it's where a lot of independent film really, uh, Found its footing in 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 that time. I think you know. Well, yeah, I mean, even even the people like uh, Quentin Tarantino, who didn't get their start here, fell in love with Austin and then started to bring that scene into Austin be, through their love of the city. You know, didn't yeah? They f- he filmed uh, Death Proof here. Yeah, right? Death Proof. Yeah. Uh,
0: the was it Werros and then Texas uh, Chili Parlor. Texas, Texas yeah. Chili Parlor. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I think for me, uh, you know, I grew up. Really isolated, in a really small town. There was no way I could watch small independent film out yeah. there. But for me, it was a lot more the entrepreneurial stuff, and I kind of touched on that in some of the early episodes about wanting to come here and do something on the internet, and did not having the money to move to California where you know all of that stuff was really popping. I thought, you know, make it make it happen in Austin. Yeah. Then you know, growing up like. Where I lived growing up, it was such a small town. The closest like real city was San Antonio. It was like a two and a half hour drive away. And San Antonio was fine, but it was like, yeah, you drive another hour up the, up 35 and you're in Austin. And I liked, I always liked Austin a lot more. Yeah. Um, and I was born here. And I don't really remember. I, I, my family moved away when I was like four, so I have like some very vague memories of it from being a little kid, but you know, I, it, was, it always drew me back. I'd always visit when I was young. And my favorite thing to do when I would visit Austin as a teenager was to go to Half Price Books which I thought was the greatest store in the world because mm-hmm. I could stock up on D and D books super cheap <laughs> that were uh, that were used and uh, and take them back to, to Eagle Pass because there was no way to buy them down there. Yeah, uh, it was uh, a way to get anything I, I needed and for a much cheaper price here. Chill out all summer long with Dadgrass because it's too nice out to be couch locked. They'll mellow you out while keeping your head clear and ease away the stress of the day. Dadgrass is legal organic hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. Dadgrass CBD products are made with 100% organic hemp. It's easy to dose and the effects come on smooth. They offer a variety of products from their token smokable pre-rolled joints as well as a hemp flower and variety of CBD tincture drops. You can enjoy the effects of CBD while keeping a clear head. All Dadgrass products are federally legal for ages 18 and over. It ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. Head over to dadgrass.com/Anma to check out their products. So whether you're looking for a new buzz or a chill way to enjoy an old favorite, Dadgrass will leave you in a euphoric mood. Right now, Dadgrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to dadgrass.com/Anma. Go to dadgrass.com/Anma for 20% off your first order. Once again, that's dadgrass.com/Anma.
1: I saw, uh, not to change the subject, but I just remembered I saw two rednecks get into a fight at Barton Springs yesterday. What? It was awesome. Why? Uh, who knows, man. They were on Bargain Springs, uh, and <laughs> I was like floating in a. Emily, <laughs> I never did this before. Emily loves to bring inner tubes to Barton Springs. Yes, and she does. we just floating in our little inner tubes. And it's the best. And we were just trying to beat the heat yesterday for a little bit, and get Millie out of the house, and, uh, and find something to do with my mom. And uh, so we were just like hanging out at Barton Springs and floating and then these two dudes started screaming at each other and then one dude got up on a hill like on the hill on the free side of Barton Springs and was yelling at the dude and then the dude chased him up the hill a little bit and then the dude on the hill threw a beer at the dude and hit him in the head and then the dude went up and smacked him and then the other dude ran away into the woods for a while and then he came back and then eventually like eventually like a plain clothes cop came and took care of it but they probably fought for Fifteen minutes and nobody was stopping them. Just kids around, families around. You know, it was fucking weird. Do you think maybe they were drunk? Well, it was noon on a <laughs> Sunday, so probably. So absolutely. I think the heat makes people
0: insane. Yeah. It was about it was like one hundred and four yesterday. Yeah, that's true. It explains a lot about Texas. Uh, talk about Barton Springs real quick because I, if you're not from here. I don't think people know what that is because you said Barton Springs and Bargain Springs, which I think is such a great fucking name. So Barton Springs
1: is a place just south of the river. It is a natural fed spring. It's in Zilker Park. It's in Zilker Park. And it's a a paid pool, essentially. Uh, It's huge. There's a diving board. It is. It has the appearance of like a big kind of pool cut it's like into lines. Yeah, like a big rectangular swimming pool, basically. Yeah, and it's like fucking huge. And you go and you pay like five bucks and you can swim there all day. Uh, and the wild thing about it is it's right in the middle of the park. And when you're in the water, you can see the skyline of Austin. So it's this like real ex- surreal experience where you feel like you're out in a swimming hole in the middle of nowhere, uh, like Huck Finn style. But in front of you is this gorgeous skyline and this beautiful park. I feel like you see it on like
2: postcards. You he, ever see like very tur- tourism yeah. photos of Austin? It looks like people are in a big swimming pool. It's probably Barton Springs.
1: And uh, there's a fence because it's a spring, and then the water filters out into this free side, which we call Bargain Springs or Barking Springs because people take their dogs there. And it's just like the runoff from that. You can go and People will get there at, like, 7 in the morning and set up a grill in the water, and they'll bring, like, 30 dogs and, like, a fucking boombox and just go to town all day long while the people that paid $5 are on the other side listening to it. (laughs) Uh, It's always a wild time. And you should not bring your dog there right now. Do not let your dogs in the water in Austin because there is poisonous algae that will kill them. Yes. And people are still bringing their dogs there. And I just see these poor fucking dogs running around in Barking Springs all day yesterday thinking it's a death sentence. Yeah.
2: I used to spend a lot of time there back – God, when was it? Back at my – Maybe it was between jobs, or maybe when I was working at the the place downtown before Rooster Teeth. It was when you were working at the place downtown. But that's and right. Then after, because uh, I like uh, it was a traveling job, and my days off were Tuesday and Wednesday. So I would go down like in the morning in the summer, and I would take like a computer book to try to learn something, and just like lay there in the sun and read. Because I was trying to get a better job <laughs> or trying <laughs> to get to move to a new place to get like better pay. You also did that. You were swimming early in the morning too. You yeah. were like doing laps or go something. Go down, swim, read a book, hang out. It was, it's cool, but I haven't been back there probably since It's probably been since like 2001, 2002 since I've been down there at Barton Springs.
1: So that's, that's a tip, too. Uh, if you come to Austin and you want to go to Barton Springs, you can go to the much dirtier Freeside Bargain Springs. There are snakes and people uh, drunk at 9 a.m. throwing beer cans at each other. But if you want to go to Bark uh, Springs, if you want to go to Barton Springs, and you don't want to pay, it's free for an hour in the morning, like from eight to nine, for free swimming. And then at night, from like eight pm to nine pm, yeah, it's free as well. The water is like a constant temperature. What is it like
2: sixty-eight degrees year round? Yeah, it's year-round? very so people cold. People do like
1: a, a a plunge on like New Year's Day. A lot of polar bear plunging. Yeah. Actually, during the big freeze, they were putting homeless people in the water because it was warmer than it was outside. And people You're were saying, shit. "I
0: swear to God, no. I read that. I read
1: it. Look it up. That can't be true.
0: Look it up." I just think it can't be true because the way that you've structured your sentence is they're putting homeless people in Look the it up. water. I'm pretty sure. I don't think I'm lying. Pretty sure. I, I heard it on Reddit. You it, read it on Breitbart. <laughs> it's it's got to be true. Uh, they just it. it was like a warming. They had like a warming center there. Yeah. I'm. I'm really surprised that. I don't take you for a guy, Gus, that would go to Barton Springs. Well, he hasn't been since 2001. Yeah, I haven't been in like 20 years. I guess so I that, guess that I'm, makes sense. i so I guess I'm right. Yeah, you Just right. uh, like at all, it was, it was
2: a different. Like it being able to go there, like I hated it on the weekends because it gets so crowded. But that's why I would go. My since my weekend was Tuesday and Wednesday, it was less crowded. It was a t- it was a ploy to just like be outside, you know, without having to deal with a huge crowd of people yet. It yeah, was, it was just a lot a lot easier. Plus, also, the city was, like, half the size
1: back then. I was the same way, though. I, I didn't go to Barton Springs from probably around then, like, 2000, 2001. I think I, no, I took I took Millie once when she was, like, three. And I don't okay. think I had been until the pandemic. I started going at the tail end of the pandemic just to get out of the house again. And, like, also, like, once I got sober, I lost, like, half of the things I used to do in Austin. Mm-hmm. So I had to find new shit. And right. so I started swimming again. That makes sense. I like swimming.
0: It's like one of those tourist things
1: that is the reason you move to a
0: city and then after you've lived in the
1: city for a year, you never do it again. Uh,
0: the only time I've ever been to Barton Springs is when we went with you. Yeah. that, And it was cool. I had a good time. But what you just said about, like, you lived here for a year and, like, that shine kind of wears off, that's exactly how it feels, where it's like, I don't go down to the uh, Welcome to Austin graffiti sign on the side <laughs> of the building and take a picture all the time Yeah, fucking yeah. live here. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah.
2: You've been welcomed already. Yeah. You're done. <laughs> so we, we were talking about apartments and apartment locators and luxury apartments earlier, and it made me think about something I wanted to bring up. Years ago, when we worked at the call center, we played in a softball league. Uh, it was like a municipal softball league. The city ran it, mm-hmm. and uh, it was down at Krieg Field, which is like off of Pleasant Valley just south of the river. Yeah. Somewhere uh, where we're
1: Secret beaches is. Yeah. was.
2: Yeah. And uh, we played, we participated in that league for two years, and we never won a game. We came really close one time. We we were winning and then we blew it in the bottom of the inning in the last inning and we lost. But that complex back then, back then <laughs> that softball or that baseball complex was a lot bigger. Yeah. There were tons of fields. Now there's only like two or three. Uh it's it's really reduced maybe in four.
1: size. It's it's about half the size it was. But yeah. it, it
2: used to be really huge and they bulldozed most of it to build apartments. And then for the funny thing to me was after they well when they built those apartments they called them the ballpark. And I feel like really? yeah if you weren't here and you don't know that's the story behind it, you wouldn't know that's why they called those apartments the ballpark. It was like the dumbest thing to me. Like why not call it literally anything else? Mm-hmm. Because like the fields that are left aren't even really accessible from those apartments. <laughs> yeah. And they're tearing those down now anyway. Are they really? Yeah, they're all uh yeah, they're all empty now and they're going to build Like, mixed retail and apartments down there. So they're going to bulldoze all those apartments that have only been there for 20 years? 20 years. If that. No, it's been probably 20, 22 years, something like that. They haven't even been there that long. They're going to bulldoze all of them and build, like, rebuild everything there.
1: Across the—like, almost directly across the street from there is a place— that used to be called, uh, it was like a supermercado. Super oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and before that, it was a movie theater the Aquarius. called the Aquarius. in like the. I don't think I ever saw it as a movie theater. I think it was always yeah. the Mercado when I lived here. I think the Aquarius had closed down, maybe in the 90s or maybe around the time I moved here. But I always remember that movie theater because your dad and your mom went on their first date How there. How do you know that story? You told me. Gus's dad and his mom, he took. They went. Their first date was to the a movie at the Aquarius, and I guess the 70s. Yeah. Uh, and I always I like. You told me that story 25 years ago, and I think about it every yeah. time I drive by that place.
2: I, yeah, they. Uh, yeah, they, I, I don't remember what movie it is that they saw, but yeah, their first date was there at the at that movie theater.
0: Yeah. He was so indignant when you brought it up. That's I didn't know that. Because <laughs> I was going to bring it up. That, I was like, oh, I'm going to segue into that. I, I didn't like, mean to steal your thought. <laughs> you stole my story.
1: <laughs> that might have been the night Gus was conceived. Maybe. You never know. Might have been in that theater. B- back in the city. You on know how well the date went. <laughs> Across from that, there was a place called Champions. Ch- dude champions i still that, don't know what they did it i think it was a storage shit facility no i think it was like home improvement stuff but the font made it look like the best fucking sandwich Dude, shop i want to i
2: want to eat a sandwich from champions i, I know had,
1: they don't sell them but i want to eat one i had like i would drive by and get every time i would see that red champions sign i my mouth would water and i'd be like i want a hoagie so bad from champions and they're like yeah we don't do that you just store your crap here <laughs> You ever had that? Like, there was a place, um... Dude, I know know exactly where you're going. Next to Sandy's on Barton Springs. Uh, It was like like a nursery or something? There was a place called the Enchanted Florist. That was it. And it it was a a florist. Like a little glass building. And it looks like the most charming Italian restaurant. And you just want to walk in and be like sit down at a little table with check- like a checkerboard and red oh. tablecloth and just eat a big bowl of spaghetti. And they won't do it because they don't sell spaghetti because they just sell plants. And you're just like, please, please flip this into an Italian restaurant. It looks, It looks like the food there would be amazing. Amazing. Those are the two top... Top of the list of places that aren't restaurants that I wanted to eat at in Austin. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to look up and see what Champions was.
0: I can't find the sign. I looked up the sign to see if I could find it. Was, it. It. it
1: was like an orange font. It was like orange or red. Yeah, had like a big float, like a big cursive C, and then Champions, but it wasn't cursive. It was like 70s. Man, that's awesome.
2: I'll, I'll see if I can find it uh, later. I don't wanna, You know they I made their own sweet peppers it. there, and they're fucking good. They're probably so good. <laughs> It's it's funny when you see a building that you think should be one thing and it's not. It's always a restaurant. I, I always see buildings. And I'm like, man, I want to eat there. It's yeah. like they, they don't have food there.
1: Hey, we talked about G and M Lounge earlier, and we are our GM Steakhouse, rather no, not GM Lounge. We talked about GM G and M Lounge a while back. GNS Lounge. GNS Lounge. We talked about G, GM Lounge earlier. Uh, fucking Christ Almighty. We talked about GM Steakhouse earlier.
0: You're all right. Cut all that or what? What? No, let's leave that. <laughs> in.
1: We got to
2: keep the stroke on yeah. in this episode.
1: I, I want. My decline to be documented. Oh, I think it already has been, Every bud. step of the way. Yeah, I think we got it. Uh, so then people can put that like later. They can <laughs> go like, oh, no. we wh-
0: Here's all the, the puzzle pieces. Look the, at how they fit. All the warning signs were there. How did they not do anything about <laughs> it? Yeah.
1: It was so obvious. Someone do something. And I I think I, I teased this last time, but do you want to talk about, because we are in the part of town, do you want to talk about your favorite restaurant of all time in Austin?
2: Which one? What? Frisco. Oh. I thought
1: you were going to say enchiladas and
2: moss, because they're gone. I've never been to enchiladas and I only and went moss. there once. It was fine. <laughs> um, So... There, there was a restaurant. Well, I guess you ever, you ever see those frozen dinners? Uh, God, they were popular back in, like, the 60s and 70s. Uh, Nighthawk. Nighthawk frozen dinners. Okay. Be like a Salisbury steak. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Well, I, they had restaurants. Uh, yeah, Nighthawk had restaurants. And there, there used to be a couple of them in Austin. And... Uh, I don't know if it's an Austin company or what, but I believe the last one was the Frisco. It was a Nighthawk restaurant, and years ago, before we lived here, I think back in the '70s, they were down on South Congress. Then they moved. Where were they? They moved somewhere else on Burnett. Oh, that was where the Walgreens is now, like at Burnett and twenty-two twenty-two. Uh-huh. Uh, then when they built that Walgreens, they had to move, so then they moved over here, kind of by I don't know, by that Mazda dealership. It's
1: kind of by like Leslie. If you know where Leslie's Pool is, yeah, on, right by on there. Burnett.
2: And it was like like this old diner kind of place that served food that you <laughs> you could see being a frozen meal. yeah. Not that the food was bad. It's just like you could see it being packaged up and sold as a frozen meal in a grocery store. But I used to love that place. But I always worried about it because the clientele was all like 80-year-old people.
1: And the staff was older.
2: Yeah. And you, you would go in and I'd be like, man, I'm the only person who... <laughs> I don't want to say that. It's too insensitive. Um... You'd walk into that place and be like, Man, I'm the only person who was born after World War II. Um, and they had great pie, tons of like real great like diner food. You get like a chicken fried steak or, you know, whatever. Uh, and they were they were around for years, probably since the 40s, I think. And then just, when was it like uh, two years ago, maybe at the start of the pandemic, they finally like shut down and they're gone now. That was the last, as far as I know, that was the last Nighthawk. It was called the Frisco, I think it was called the Frisco Steakhouse.
1: Frisco Steakhouse.
2: Uh. Cool sign. Yeah, they had a really cool sign. And like, I don't know, just like this great old piece of history that's just gone. Not that, I, not that that last location was very... They were only there for a couple of years.
1: I only ate there twice, and I never got it. I never liked it the way you did. You loved their pies. You, you always you, pie. would, you were a, a, a
2: pie advocate. Yeah. They had, like, yeah. a big cooler. Like, you know, like at a diner. Like, that big refrigerated case with pies at the register. You
1: can get, like, a whole pie or a slice of pie. It was one of the last places you could go in Austin, though, and have a waitress with big hair. Yeah. You know? Like we'd like, there's like a forty percent chance her name is actually Flo. Awesome. You know, yeah. it's definitely definitely uh, there's not a lot of like I would say nat like uh, like Now's. Oh yeah yeah yeah. But I don't think their diners open anymore. I haven't been. There to aren't Now's a lot of places yeah. that have that that foot in the past like that anymore. Yeah. There's a drugstore over on West Lynn, um, in Clarksville, Eric, called Now's. And a in a you. U.S., in Apostle a now. And it is, uh, it's just an old, uh, just a drugstore. Like you would go to buy orthopedics support uh, and like a foot bath or something. And uh, in the very back, there's a little lunch counter that serves hamburgers and shakes. And it is like, it, it is unchanged since I want to say the 40s or yeah, 50s. Yeah, like you,
2: you picture like a soda jerk, you know, yeah. or like a dude with like a little paper yeah. hat on his head, you know, asking if you want a malted. Uh, <laughs> like that's the kind of place it was. But. And then they would like, they, they had this really bad habit. I don't know if you remember this. I love Now's. This is great. This, they, they were great. Great, good people. But they had a really bad habit. Like, they, they were very clean with that place. Yeah. But they had a bad habit of like wiping everything down with like some kind of bleach solution.
1: Smells terrible. Uh, Smells terrible. terrible.
2: And it would get on the straws. Uh, like, I felt like my straw
1: always smelled like Clorox. They also had a bad habit of terrible fucking service. The yeah. last time I tried to eat there, I think I waited 45 minutes and nobody had. Taken my order yet? And so I left and went to Cipollina's or whatever. Yeah, uh, it's like Italian place right next door. Yeah, right down the road. Um, but just like the most charming, wonderful, like you feel like you're eating a burger and, and and drinking a a malted in 1948. It's just it's really cool experience. Except I could sit at the counter. Yeah, except <laughs> Gus could sit at the counter here. In theory, little different. <laughs> But I anyway, they, they had shut that thing down before the I think they had staffing problems or something. They had shut it down before the pandemic. I don't know if it's come back or it's
2: funny when you see places like that like now, it will come now's back. and Frisco where the clientele is all really old, the staff is all really old, you're like, Oh man, I see the the writing on the wall for this place. I don't know how much mm-hmm. longer it's got. You know, like you said, one foot in the past, kinda stuck there for better or for worse. Yeah. And it's like it's not it's not gonna make that transition to uh
1: whatever's next. Yeah, it's it's the I think it's I guess part of the thing about uh, the transitory nature of the Austin populace, right, is like you've got those nostalgia restaurants that have kind of one foot in the past and everybody loves them because they uh, they have these fond memories. But as those people move and new people come in and have no connection to it, and yeah. it's hard to find those places if you don't know about them. And so many p- new people are moving here all the time. Yeah. And like they're not getting there, nobody's advertising, uh, hey, come check out this place that's been around since the 40s. Yeah. Yeah. And so they just. They lose their clientele, and, and there's no way to replenish it, I it's, guess. It's
2: funny. I think about that sometimes in the context of Rooster Teeth. Okay. And about how we, their stories and history to the company that we take for granted, because we've been here the whole time. Yeah. But the audience churns, and stuff that we may assume they know, they don't necessarily know. Or stuff that's just been forgotten or lost to time. Yeah. Like, I was thinking the other day. That's beautiful audio texture from that moped. <laughs> uh, I was thinking just the other day about how... We had this big fight <laughs> back in the early days. I want to say it was back like 05, 06 maybe. Is this the fight? No, 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 no. Okay. We had a big fight because when we first started, we didn't have any banner ads on the website. Yeah. And I was, I was very firmly against banner ads. I was like dug my heels in. I hated seeing, this is still early enough on the internet where like banner ads were really starting to proliferate. And I hated seeing banner ads on websites. I did not want them. And it was like. Everyone trying to argue with me and me just holding out being like, no, absolutely, we cannot have banner ads on the website. Like, this argument went on for weeks. And finally, you know, of course, you know, everyone else, obviously, they outweigh me. I can't be enough of an asshole to
1: stop everyone. You know, you we, we, sure can try, though. I tried. I, Especially I, when you were younger and had more, like, vim I, and vigor in oh, you. Oh, God. You, yeah, you did not want to deal with that shit. I don't want to deal with that
2: shit. But eventually, you know, um, cooler heads prevailed and, you know... banner banner ads were introduced to the website, but there was like this carve out that we did uh, where we said, we're going to put banner ads on the website, but if you're, you know, what's now a first member, if you're a sponsor on the website, you can have a banner ad on our website too. You can just submit an image you want for the banner ad and a link, and we'll manually approve them, and 10% of our banner ads will be community banner ads. That was a great compromise, That is a
0: great idea. Yeah. Yeah. That is fantastic. We we ran it that way for a long time. time. Yeah,
2: for years. Like, 10% of the ads you saw were from the community for whatever, you know, a thread on the forum that you thought was really good. Or it'd be like, just like, happy
1: birthday, Carl, from your best friend, Stud62, or whatever, you know?
2: Yeah, and it's like... Great example. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, man. Yeah, tons of, like, really great ads, you know, people linking to whatever. You know, it was kind of a pain in the ass since we did have to manually look at all of them and manually approve them, but I thought it was a great compromise. And, like, that's the kind of thing I think that... People probably don't remember anymore, mm. or like that one of the, one of those things that's been lost to time. That probably we don't even really think about anymore at this point because it's been it's been so long.
1: Well, it goes into the whole like uh, the complaint about us becoming more corporate over time, and, and you know not doing stuff with and for the community anymore. But it it was it just became a function of like the sheer uh, volume of things. It, it, we it grew so quickly that it just became impossible. Yeah, it was
2: already practically untenable when we launched it. Yeah. It was, you know, a full-time job to
1: go through and look at all of them and approve them on top of every other full-time job we already had. Yeah. And that was the shit that you were doing. I don't know about you, but it was the shit that I was doing at like 1 a.m. in bed on a Tuesday night while I couldn't sleep. You yeah. Know, because it was like, that was the time you had to do it. No,
2: time to go through the, the ad queue
0: and yeah. approve them. We talked a little bit about that in the last episode when you weren't here, was just sort of the nature of... The expansion of the company and how it was started by you guys. And then it's like you don't work together anymore because the amount of stuff that you're doing for your job, you don't really like kind of interlace. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's a great example of like when it's like everybody's job, it's nobody's job. And so it's a thing that everyone just kind of does, but nobody really does. And, And that's part of that expansion where Rooster Teeth becomes more corporate, it's it's really just like we're expanding. We're just we growing. Have, exactly. We yeah. have so much to do that the fun thing is harder to have time for yeah. when you just have so many things that you need to get done.
1: Yeah. When we were a, a smaller, more intimate company and we were fueled by passion. And vim and vigor. And vim and vigor. <laughs> well, at least Gus was full of it. it, it I forgot my point.
0: All right, um, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta cut that. I forgot where I was going with that. Um, this is a part of the decline. This yeah. is it. We, get it we have it. it. I was gonna. I was gonna make a note to cut, but I think we should keep no, it in. No, you, you should
2: absolutely keep that in. Uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot of things like that, and I've been like I've been trying to think of points to hit, like stuff that may be forgotten, stuff that you know we should talk about or discuss, especially now with the added bonus of more time. You know, maybe we can look back on some of the stories. And expand on them or yeah. we'll talk more about them. I think I'm, it's- I'm, I'm hesitant to talk about this, and you can stop me. Okay. And we can cut this, absolutely, if you want to. But the time that our website got erased on Christmas Eve? No. Why would we cut that? Okay. We, uh, you know, when uh, we were a much smaller company, we were in the one-bedroom apartment down in Buda. We had all this stuff going on, like, for example, you know, the approving the banner ads and whatnot. So we relied heavily on, like, community moderators, like on the forums and everything to help kind of make sure everything was going in an okay direction and we were i forget what, what it was it was like it was december it was like the 23rd or the 24th of december and we were like crunching to finish an episode because we were like once we finish this episode of red versus blue we'll be able to take a couple of days off and you know have like a little a mini christmas break and we were like finishing up the episode and then gavin starts iming us and is like hey something's wrong with the website stuff's getting deleted i don't know what's happening and we go and we look, and one of our moderators had just, like, lost it and, like, had figured out how to go in and delete everything on the website. Oh and lock God. all of us out. And locked us all out. And it was such a fucking nightmare. Gavin saved the company that night. Yeah, he did. Um, he uh, Gavin managed to, like, get in there and then lock the other person out wow. partway through as, like, all this stuff was happening. And the other person who did all this was like, Oh, I just did it for a laugh. Whatever. You all have backups. It's no big deal. It was a fucking, it was a huge big deal. Because uh, again, we weren't a giant company with like all of this automated. It's like, no, now I have to sit down and go through our backups and figure out what has been deleted, what hasn't been deleted. Wow. Try to merge this database, like find all of this shit. Like it was like another day or two of work to get everything back online. It's like, it's not LOL. It's funny. Like now I don't have Christmas this year. Yeah. Because I have to fucking fix this shit that happened. It was it was such a betrayal of trust. Oh, that was an, brutal. An ex- exploitation of like this bug in the website that existed where, you know, he uh that person was able to do that. And I've i n- I've never forgotten. I'm still so fucking angry about that. Like you wanna know, talk about Vim and Vigor Gus, I
1: still get so fucking angry. Well, yeah, no, that was that hurt that really hurt us. It yeah. really hurt our company and it was somebody that we trusted who we had placed a lot of faith into because we thought they were cool you know and uh yeah that was a bummer you know you're talking about like losing christmases that reminds me and kind of the point i was going to go with which was um i I remembered what i got lost in is people like kind of lament that time when we touched everything but it was killing us right absolutely and i remember i realized that finally when we hired emily mcbride Mm -hmm. who was our first store manager because i had run the store for the first like seven years of the company i guess and um like I was thinking, you're talking about Christmas, jogged this memory, that next year was a, a big year for us, uh, the year after that, that incident you're talking about. That Christmas, I remember, I went to my, uh, my wife's family's house for Christmas. It was the, my first Christmas I'd spent with them. And on Christmas Eve, I took, my, my phone number used to be the store, customer service number. Mm-hmm. I took 107 calls on Christmas Eve related to the store. Oh. And I remember being, like, trying to get Gus and Bernie and everybody to help me. And they are like, yeah, it's your job, buddy. We're doing our stuff. And I was like, I got it. And then they were all, like, scattered to the wind. They wouldn't have been able to help anyway because I was – but I was just so buried. And I remember thinking, like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't – we can't make this – is, this is unsustainable. And then eventually we hired Emily. And not only did it lift that burden, which allowed me to make Achievement Hunter, right? Like, that was really a big switch. Like, I was – Starting to make achievement hunter, and then when that burden got lifted, it really allowed us like hours of the day for creativity that we didn't have before. And she also did it better; yeah. <laughs> she is great than I ever could have. Yeah, like instantly. And I realized that that was one of the first moments where I realized in the company, like letting go of some stuff is okay because it was killing me and like you get to the like when you're running the business of the company and if the, the company is an entertainment company the two are incongruent and you can't like what happens is you spend 9 out of 10 hours running all of that shit dealing with the website stuff dealing with the store dealing with back end dealing with accounting and taxes and brand deals and sales and all of those other things and At no point are you making the product that you're selling, right? That you're trying to get people excited about. And when you do, oftentimes you have to like... Switching gears is very difficult, uh, at least for me, to go from like pragmatic business mode to creative mode. And um, I know a lot of people like lamented those... uh, that like that feeling of us like relinquishing a little bit of control over every little thing but it really did finally free us up to start doing stuff like create an entire broadcast department which Gus did you know all of that stuff was born out of us finally after seven of eight years seven or eight years of just having like just like an iron grip on everything
2: or even more health like an even more healthy thing being able to take time off
1: yeah, being and, able to and take being time able off. to step, yeah. w-
2: step away, like you talked about your Christmas Eve thing. When I got married, I w- I took like a week off for my honeymoon. Uh, I had my sidekick at the time. I was still logging into the servers and fixing shit yeah. nonstop the entire time I was out of office that week. It's like I had to keep the website up, had to keep things running. It was, it was a shit show for me. My Emily McBride was Adam Baird. <laughs> we find yeah. that oh. yeah, Adam Baird I was like, thank God, someone who can do this and who is way better at this than me, right. who still works with us. Yeah, yep.
1: who 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 works with us, probably. I don't know, one of the four or five best hires in the history of the company. Oh, absolutely. Both times? Yeah. Because he's he left and then came back? Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, and also just like, just one of the best human beings you'll ever get to spend time with. Mm-hmm. Just a phenomenal person. Absolutely. And uh, they, they, I think that that's the, one of the things that I, that kind of, it's kind of a bummer about Rooster Teeth as, you know, we became the faces of the company because we were the company, but then at some point, we became the faces of the company, and you don't necessarily see the people behind the scenes that are working and toiling. And, and uh, you know, Rooster Teeth is only around 19 and a half years after day one because of people like Emily McBride, mm-hmm. and, who's gone on to bigger and better things now, uh, but who gave us uh, a really tremendous amount of... Uh, uh, work and and really built that department into what it is now that Jeff Etter is running and doing a phenomenal job with. Uh, Jeff Etter is another like yeah. huge star of the company that people don't see. There's so many hardworking, committed, dedicated, really inventive, creative, talented people that work at Rich Teeth that the audience has no
0: understanding of. Yeah, but how come you didn't? You should sell me the shirt. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're not. We're Right around like that fifty minute mark, we're getting close to wrapping up, and I want to ask Gus. I thought this was very good. I love bringing up like Emily McBride and Adam Baird and all this stuff.
1: I I was gonna say at the end Uh, before you finish, uh, I I was gonna apologize if I've been off this episode. I realize I'm like passing out while we're talking. I'm kind of running on empty from a long week of dealing with. No, no, you've had
0: a long couple of weeks. You're good. You're good. No, no, you're good. This is part of the decline, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. It's not a big deal. Uh, I do want to ask Gus. um, He hasn't listened to the episode yet. I mean, it's out. I it just don't, ju- there, ju- there's it just like kind out. of like no reason why he hasn't. I mean, I listened to it. I was my you know, day. was my I mean, day off yesterday. I mean, that's fine. I mean, I listened to it today. It's not a big deal. Uh, you you're just haven't. To it's today. okay. It's not a big deal. Are you trying to guilt me about my own podcast? No, I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, I podcasts that you're on, but you weren't in this one. But it's fine. It's, fine. it's not a big deal. Um, uh, what do you have We're to this say? Guy all up at so, what do you <laughs> have to say about um, <laughs> to defend yourself in Secret Gus? Is there anything you have to say about Secret Gus? Secret Gus was like Pete Gus. <laughs> I, I have no apologies
2: because they're not necessary. There's no need to defend Secret Gus. Secret Gus is the best of us. Everyone as- should aspire to have that level. Listen, when you treat everything as a secret, nobody knows what's really a secret and what isn't. It definitely made friendship with Gus befuddling at times. It's, it, l- listen, I, I wish I had the energy to still keep that kind of stuff up, because I thought that was great. Uh, just treat everything like it's the utmost secret then no one, no one knows what your real secrets are.
0: Maddening. Maddening. The
2: real secret is he has no secrets. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be
0: it. See? So it's brilliant. You, so your defensive secret, Gus, is that it's peak Gus. It's
2: brilliant. That's there is No, there is no need to defend. There is no defense. It's not I necessary.
0: Agree. I agree. It is indefensible. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize I've been sitting next to the rat trap the oh, whole time. Is, oh, maybe you're passing out <laughs> from the rat trap fumes. <laughs> I'm so fucking tired. So your defense of secret, Ah. Gus, is there there doesn't need to be a defense. Correct. Absolutely. Great. Well, that's good. Um, But did not think we were going to get 10 seconds of, nope, it's fine. (laughs) It's totally fine, yeah. (laughs) That's a very Gus move. Yes, it is.
1: Power move. Own Uh, it. Fucking, that's uh, prime Gus right there. When
2: uh, You know, I've always been, like whenever we film live action stuff or whenever we do stuff for the company, I've never been... Shy about like taking my clothes off or being the fool or being the asshole or whatever, Uh because like for the most part, <laughs> I try to I try to do this as much as possible. It's like I don't let anything I've done embarrass me. Yeah, and I think we used to say this back when we both drank and we'd go out and we'd be assholes in public, and you know people would ask like, oh, aren't you embarrassed about the things you did while you were drunk the other night? Like, no, nah, I did it. Whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm just gonna own the things that I do and not feel shame about them. I, I was a very You'll never believe this. I was very awkward when I was young, and I was always very embarrassed about a lot of things. So then I think I reached a point in my life in my early twenties where I said, "I'm just going to own it all. There's no yeah. point in being embarrassed. Like I am who I am. If people don't like it, fuck them. Who cares? Like I'm just going to own all the things I do, and that's me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's Secret gust is a side effect of that.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It It's fantastic.
1: I listen. I'll just I just count myself lucky that I get to spend time with any Gus. I'll take it in any form. I get him secret Secret or not, old, boring, classified, lame, Hawaiian shirt Gus. Like whatever it is, I'll take it.
0: Woo, it's fantastic. Well, we are wrapping up, but um, I don't think anybody successfully guessed Anma, and I still have people messaging me and going, "What's the name mean?" Andy must acquiesce. Is there an N in there somewhere? Andy A N. Oh, okay, got it. Okay, is that the name? Is that what it is? Who? Which Andy? Who? Is it just Andy? Just general Andy? Andy? No, 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 no.
2: Mm. Where was it? Hold on, I saw a comment the other day. Okay, let me let me find it here. Uh, I I I read you know comments as much as I can, and there was there was a great one on the Rooster Teeth website. Uh, Extra Crispy wrote the way Gus. This is for a previous episode. The way Gus said "anima," all new materials, all the time. Despite everything we know about the title thus far, I thought that was him seeking it by us.
0: Ooh. Oh, I, you I, think he's doing a title sneak?
2: I. Uh I, I, I was not, but I love
0: that I'm that much in people's heads. That's pretty good. That people are, like, not thinking bad. about it that, yeah. that much. So, if, no, that was not true. Uh, by the way, if you are listening to this on wherever you get podcasts, if you're a Rooster Teeth First member, you can get this uh, a day early. I yes. don't know. If, I'm sure people know that, and some people don't. So, let you know and, and in the episode. If you're a First member, you, uh, you can also get the
2: episode a day early, not only on Rooster Teeth, but on whatever yeah. uh, in a platform you listen to podcasts yep. on.
0: Um, well, What's your guess? Uh... Everyone keeps guessing and and another for I like the Andy guess because it's really out of left field. Um, I still think it's animals and you won't admit it, but um, let's see. Like Def Leppard, Animal? Yeah, (laughs) just like Def Leppard. I had a guy message me and he's like, hey, my band's opening for Motley Crue, Def Leppard, Joan Jett. I get you tickets. Do you want to go? And I went. Absolutely, <laughs> I can't ah! wait. They're coming to like San Antonio, and it's nice. like I'm gonna see Def Leppard in 2022. Dude,
1: I saw Joan Jett a couple of years ago, and she was awesome.
0: Yeah, oh fuck yeah, I'm so. One of the uh, things we
1: didn't get to on my list here, I was gonna talk about
2: concerts in Austin. We'll talk Ooh, about oh, that'll sometime. be a good yeah. one.
0: Um, man, I really, I I think the first word is probably Austin, uh Materials, Anonymous. Austin Materials Anonymous. No. He thought about it, though. I don't like the way he thinks I about really, it. I really, he thought about it for a long the time. The audience
1: doesn't see it. They yeah. don't, like, hear the pause, but
0: they right. don't see his eyeballs. Right, so right, right. His right. eyeballs do
2: frustrating what, things. What, what, what going th- I'll, I'll, I'll pull back the curtain here. What was going it. through my mind when you said that is you said Austin Materials, and I started thinking of Applied Materials, and I started thinking of National Instrument, uh-huh. and I started thinking about like other oh, wow. you, companies around Austin. You just really started going. Yeah, and then it was like oh yeah he asked me a question oh, no right. oh, so it wasn't right. anything about oh hang,
0: on. oh hang on he's talking to me directly <laughs> my mind had jumped around to a couple of different places and then it came back like oh no oh my lord wow um rest in peace bill russell um yeah sorry about that one sorry um i did not mean to kill bill russell that lives on that well the curse does not yeah bill the H curse lives on yep uh, there you go. Any parting words for the Don't folks? mention a celebrity. Yeah, don't.
2: Uh, <laughs> no, I feel like I have to. No, no, no. Uh, um, sorry about the break last week with no my episode. Uh, uh, not that, what happened? No, I wasn't here. I, yeah, you had two months notice it's true. that I was going to be out that week. I didn't week.
0: know that he was going to be out. <laughs> I sent a
2: two-month notice, then I sent a one-month heads up, and then like the day before, you're like, oh, yeah, you're out, aren't you? Oh, yeah, that's
0: right. I, can't, I
2: I With all the different podcasts I do,
0: I try yeah. to send... Multiple warnings well, in advance of me being the out. The week before. We had an issue with uh, filming other projects. Gus, we have a lot of project involvement. Our hands are in a lot of so different So do I. Plots. That's why I have to send so- You probably um, got multiple messages from me for all the different shows I'm on. A lot of I'm different on. projects going on around the company. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a tough one, you know? Busy, busy, busy. Yeah, yeah. Biz- Ooh, buzz, buzz. Busy bees. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right. Again, I apologize for no episode last week. Okay, uh, all right. Anyway, uh, uh, uh,
0: parting words, <laughs> Jeff? Are you going to go take
1: a nap? I'm going to go. Uh, I have one last task to complete, uh-huh. and then I can I can rest. for. I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> And then next week I'll be back and I'll be awake. I'll be alert. Yeah. Excelsior. Ugh.